Colonial Woods Missionary Church presents Keys to Confident Living. Doing well? Well, it is an honor for us to be with you this morning, this graduation Sunday. And every year, it seems like Colonial Woods likes to have its resident youth pastors get to share the message. So it is an honor for myself and for Pastor Dan to preach with you this morning. If we haven't met, first of all, hello, I'm Pastor Chelsea. I've been here working with our youth ministry now for around 10 years and working with Pastor Dan Hamrick, who's been here around 13 years. He's definitely the brains behind their operation, but it's, it's an honor and joy to work with the teenagers of our youth ministry, and it's also an honor and joy to be with you this morning. Something we love to do on this graduation Sunday is to share with you a little bit of what, um, what is happening in the youth ministry world. As a church, you might not always get the big picture of what's happening. And so for us as a ministry, every year we choose a theme, a theme word that we rally around. It tends to uh, really guide and direct us with the sermons that we preach and, and just the conversations that we have too. It's something that our students can own. We make t-shirts, do the whole nine yards with it. And so our theme this past year was the word rise. It meant for our students to rise up and stand, to go out and be a light in the dark places around them. And we really saw our students identify with this theme in a special way. But that theme, I think, applies to more than just the youth of our church. The theme to rise is also a word to us Colonial Woods as a church. For us, the purpose of it was to see our students bridge the gap, to see the needs of the world around them. I don't think it's any secret to any of us that the world can be a dark place. Whether you see it up close and personal or you just watch it on the news, there's a lot of darkness around us. And so the world needs the light of Jesus Christ in it. And sometimes it's easy for us to think that maybe somebody else will go shine the light. Maybe somebody else can go into that space. And, and this isn't an accusation, just an observation of all of us as humans. It's easier to stay where we're comfortable, where we're familiar. But we are called to be a bridge to bring that light into the darkness. And so for us as a youth ministry, that was our purpose. But as we prepared for today, I thought of a quote from a book that we read together as a staff that I think is fitting for this conversation. It comes from the book Transformational Church by Ed Stetzer and Thomas Rayner. And they say, transformation is at the heart of God's mission to humanity. He delights in moving us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light and then empowering and directing us as agents of his kingdom. And he has chosen the church as his instrument in this world. We, the body of Christ, are God's chosen method to deliver the message of transformation to our neighbors, both in the local community and around the world. Delivering this message is our mission. And that was our mission for our students this year, but church, that's our mission as well. And so as we began to um, look at this, this theme for us, we began to see the Lord had put kind of a rally cry on our heart as a student ministry and kind of brought this passage of Scripture. So if you have your Bibles today, if you can turn to Isaiah chapter 60, which is where we'll be, because this is the place where for us, God kind of said, hey, 
this is the church we want you to be in our student ministries, but as a whole. And it's the challenge that we gave our students as we began our year and then began to just continue that throughout the entire school year um, to kind of see that bridge between what the church had been and where the church is going and what we want it to be. And so Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 through 3 says this, Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. And for us, this has been an awesome passage of scripture that God gave us to say, hey, we want to rise up. We want to be a part of what the church is doing, but we want to be a bigger part of what God has called us to do as a people group, and specifically in our student ministries. But we see this as a very pertinent message for us as a church. And so I'd like to kind of unpack this so we fully understand what this passage means. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to steal a hat from Pastor Phil called the Professor Hat. He likes to use that hat. And so I'm going to take that for a little bit. Is that all right, Pastor? Good. Okay. And so, because I was going to do it anyway. Um, but so what we're going to do is, is I'd like to look at this. And so on that first word there is arise in verse one, arise. And that Hebrew word is actually the word kum. And it means to stand or to rise up. And I know you're thinking, yeah, I could have figured that out. Um, that word arise, to stand or to, to rise up. And, and, but it's more than that. There's an action step to that. It's something that takes us from where we are to, to a place that we want to go. It's a place where we can't just stay still, but we actually have to have a movement that happens there. And so when it tells us, church, arise, uh, Jerusalem, arise, what we would use is arise Colonial Woods Youth Group, right? It means that, hey, we have to get up and be ready to go somewhere. It can't just be a staying still. It goes on in that verse to say, let your light shine for all to see in verse 1. The word light there is the Hebrew word or, or. And what it means is luminous light. That's a fun word, luminous. I just, it's fun to say. And what it means is break of day or to set on fire. And what I think about when that is, is it's something that takes over. It's something that happens that is like we can't stop but look at it. And it's kind of like if all the lights are out here, the exit lights are still on. And it's the thing that you're like, I just pay attention to that because it's the only light in the room. It's a, a illuminating what we're doing. And so, so it says, let your light shine. Let it be luminous. Let your light take over everywhere you go. The passage goes on in verse 2 to say, the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. And this is the word zarak, another fun word to say, zarak. And what this means is to irradiate or to, to rise. And it's the idea of this, it says, to shoot forth beams. That's a cool picture, right? It's just to shoot forth beams like the sun as it rises over the horizon. That's what it says. So it says, the glory of the Lord shoots forth beams and appears over you. It comes out of that place that wasn't there before and now is all of a sudden, boom, it's in your face. Verse three says, all nations will come to your light. And it's that same word that we saw before, that or, 
But I also want us to make mention here that that word light is the same Hebrew word in Genesis 1 where God says, let there be light. That's the same word, which means what it's telling us is, is this is the same light that God created. We have the opportunity to be a part of something where God is creating a light for our church. And that's what we want to bring to other people, a, a light that is only coming from a creator, not from something that we can do. And it finishes with this, mighty kings will come to see your radiance. And that word is not zarak, but it's zarek, zarek. And it's a rising of the light. It's something where we cannot do anything but focus. The radiance is something where it's so bright, it's so amazing, it's so awe-inspiring that we can't help but just stare. There, there was a movie um, several years back called A Bug's Life. I don't know if you remember A Bug's Life. And there's a scene in there where it has that blue bug zapper, right? You guys know what I'm talking about, those bug zappers that you hang out. And, and, and all of a sudden it gets to the scene and the bug comes out and I was going, the light. I can't not see the light. And it goes down, right? That's the same kind of concept where it's like the radiance is so awe-inspiring that we can't do anything but see that, and it just draws us to it. God's saying that he is creating a light that just draws us to him. So let me read this verse again, because I think it's so impactful when we understand it. It says this, arise, colonial woods, right? Stand up, colonial woods. It's no longer time to sit, but stand up. Let your luminous light, let your light shine for everybody to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness, as black as night, covers all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord shoots forth beams. The glory of the Lord raises up like the sun and rises and appears over all of you. All nations are going to come to that luminous, created light. And the mighty kings will come to see your radiance. They're going to come because there's nothing else they're going to be able to see but the, but the kingdom of God. That's the verse we're looking at. That's the call we're having for our church today. And that's for us, what our students and what we as youth pastors got excited to preach about. And while that was inspiring for us last fall when we first began this theme, when Pastor Dan and I came back to this passage just recently to prepare for this weekend, we found even greater truths and promises in this passage for us as a church today. So before we get into those much more, I want to first give you a little bit of background on what was happening in this passage in Isaiah chapter 60. The book of Isaiah as a whole was written somewhere around the time 700 BC, and it was written to the Jewish people who had recently come out of exile and captivity under the ten tribes specifically of Israel had been taken into captivity by Assyria. And so they had been released from captivity. They were returning back to their homeland. And the people of Israel were tired and discouraged. They did not return back home celebrating. They returned back home feeling defeated. They in no way felt like they were in any place to be a light to the nations. And in a commentary by Dennis Bratcher, he says, the community of returned exiles struggled to believe that God was still working in their midst. The returned exiles faced severe problems, but in chapter 60, 
the prophet renews the promises of a new day for that community of faith. He assures the people of God that God has not forgotten them and that their mission as a light to the world has not changed. This passage was written to the Jews, but, and he was speaking to their specific condition as a Jewish people that a new day would come for them. But he was also prophetically speaking ahead of the church, the church that we are now in today. But not only that, he was also prophetically speaking of the future, future church, which we as a church are eagerly awaiting and expecting when Jesus returns and we, we go into eternity with him. So he was speaking to the Jewish people in their present condition. He was speaking to the, the church that we are in now today and the future, future church that we have not yet experienced. And when he was speaking to the people there, they were in a place where they were discouraged and tired. And for us, Colonial Woods, we've had quite a year, a lot of ups and downs, and I believe that as a church, we might be a little bit discouraged and tired as well. And so I believe that this message in Isaiah 60 speaks to us and where we are at as a church today. There are promises in this passage that we need to take up as a mantle for Colonial Woods, promises that we need to expect God's glory to fulfill. Now let me, let me add a little bit to that because God's promises are faithful and his promises will come to pass whether we are eagerly awaiting and expecting them or not. But there is something so incredible about when we watch for God's glory, how we get to then be a part of it. It's kind of like shooting stars across the night sky. You know, they happen whether we're watching for them or not, but when we watch them, it's something incredible. It reminds me of two summers ago. It was the summer that I had turned 30. And so I decided to make a list of 30 things to do while I was 30 to celebrate that milestone and to kind of, you know, let the festivities go all year long. And one of the things on my list was to wake up early and go out kayaking and watch the sunrise over the water. And so I was up north with some friends, and it seemed like the perfect day, so I took my kayak out early in the morning. The sky was just starting to change colors, and I paddled out away from shore, and I sat there just kind of swaying with the waves, and I waited, and I waited. And then I realized it takes the sun a long time to rise sometimes. But finally, after all that waiting, I saw over the tree line the sun come up, it shot out beams across the sky, and it was so incredible to behold. Now, if I hadn't been there, the sun would have still risen. But because I was there, eagerly awaiting and expecting it, I got to be a part of it. And I got to see the sun rise. And so for us, church, there are promises in this passage that God has made to us. And they will happen whether we are waiting for them or not. But if we eagerly expect them, and eagerly expect God to answer them, we get to be a part of them in an incredible way. And those promises are ways that God can show his faithfulness, aren't they? Uh, he tells us things so that we can know they're going to happen, but when they happen, he says, hey, I am the God who does what I say I do, and, and I want you to know that I am faithful to what I'm calling you, and I'm going to be there for you as a church. And so as he's telling the people here in Isaiah what's going to happen, the church that was and the bridge to the church that is, is today and then the church that goes on, he is trying to let us know that, hey, I'm going to be a part of this, and these promises I want you to see. 
You have to look for them. You have to be expectant, but I want you to see them. But they're going to happen whether you're a part of it or not, and I'd rather you be on the journey with me, right? And when he's talking about this, he's talking to two, two churches. The one is the Little C Church, which is the, the, the Little C Church is that of like Colonial Woods itself. But I also believe he's talking to us as the big C church, the body of Christ, the, the church that goes beyond these walls. And as important as it is for us to be a church here at Colonial Woods, it is important for us to know that there is a bigger church that we're a part of that goes beyond Colonial Woods. Well, we love our church. We love those as we come in here and be a part of this. But it's something that's bigger than ourselves. And we have to recognize that because until we do, we don't get to see the promises that God says are going to happen. And as we look at this passage, we found five promises throughout Isaiah chapter 60 that we want to share with you today. The first one is that the church will shine. The church will shine. It says in that first verse, it says, arise, shine, for your light has come. It's not your light will come, it's, not, it's the light has come. That we are going to be a church, if we want to see God's promises, that we have to be a church that shines our light wherever we go. I, I love that we live next to a lighthouse down in Port Huron. And, and it's so great whenever you've gone out there, if you've been able to tour that, it's a cool thing. For me, it's a symbol uh, uh, that when I see that, I'm like, man, this is a great idea. It shines all these bright lights. But for ships, when they're out in the water, it's a symbol that says, hey, I know where the, the, the wall is. I know I don't want to crash. I want to have a navigational aid. And that's what it is. It's a navigational aid for the ships that are out there. The church is supposed to be a lighthouse. We are supposed to be a navigational aid, not, not to colonial woods, all right? Not to the doors here. We are a navigational aid to Jesus. And, and the church says here, it says, I'm going to promise you that the church will shine. If you allow the love of Christ that is inside you, the Holy Spirit that is inside of you to shine, to, to glow out of you, to be a part of that, you will be a navigational aid for everybody who comes through these doors to see who Jesus is, right? Amen? That is exciting, church, that we get to be a part of that. And there comes a time that we actually have to stand up, like that verse says, and leave these walls to do that. It's good to do it here too. We want to be. We want to shine our light in here for when people come in. But we also have to go beyond that because the the, the church has to be a place that shines. Um, if we do it all the time in here, if I light lights in here that are, if there's already lights on, you're not going to see them as well. Uh, one of my favorite services that we do is our Christmas Eve candlelight service. How many of you have been to one of our Christmas Eve candlelights? I love that service. I love when we get to the end of that service and Pastor Phil says, "All right, can you please turn off the lights." And all the lights go off, and there's one candle right here. And as we look at that candle, you immediately, you're focused on that candle. And as Pastor Phil lights all the candles, candles of the ushers, and they go out, and they begin to light down the rows, and everybody starts to do it, eventually the whole room, the whole room is lit up. Because it was in this dark place. And out of that darkness came a light that we could see everything in that room. That candle lighting service wouldn't mean as much, I think, if Pastor Phil said, hey, let's leave all the lights on, make them as bright as you can, and let's start lighting candles. It's because the light was in the dark areas. God is saying that the church, the church, is to leave the comfort zone, to rise up and shine 
in the dark areas. We got to be a church that does that. The second promise that God says is that the church will grow. The church will grow. Now, when we think of this, I automatically think of numbers. And numbers are important. Um, those of you around when Pastor Bill Hosser many years ago, he would say, hey, it, we can't be a church if we want to preach people. Numbers are not the thing, but if they're not in the seats, we don't have anybody to preach to, right? And so we need people here, but it's more than that. So the church will grow because if we are a light, people are going to find out who Jesus is and want to come to that light. We're going to see conversions in our church. We're going to see people coming to Jesus and then wanting to come in our doors. Not people who, you know, they left another church and came here. Those were happy you're here. But we want to see people who come to Jesus on a daily basis. That's how we want to see this church grow. And God says, hey, I promise you it will happen if you are that light. He says there, nations will come to your church. In that verse, nations will come to see the radiance of God. They will grow. We will see spiritual maturity. We will see discipleship happen if we begin to let our light shine the way the Holy Spirit leads us in this, in this building, but even outside of these walls. Our church will grow, and maybe by numbers. But if our hearts are growing, I guarantee God will bless this place in an infinite amount. In our youth ministry, we... we do a lot of different things, but one of the things that we really try and do is make sure that our students are a part of the youth ministry. I know that sounds novel idea, right? But we want them to actually be a part of our student ministry. Not where Pastor Chelsea and I just get together and say, hey, here's what you need to hear, but we want to invite them to be a part of the ministry. So one of the things that we thought of this year is to have students deliver the messages to other students, that they would get up and actually preach. And we didn't know how this would turn out. Um, we asked, uh, you know, we kind of put the call out there. We had 11 students who wanted to deliver what God had laid on their hearts to other people. And it was so cool. Three of them were at our winter retreat where they were able to speak to our middle, uh, seniors in high school, speaking to our middle school students. Uh, we had several on our high school, our Wednesday night program, who gave full-on 25-minute messages of what God has just laid on their heart. We had three middle school students, a seventh grader and two eighth graders, who co-taught with Pastor Chelsea and I, who were able to deliver God's word in such a mighty way not because they could get the glory, because they wanted to see our church grow and share what God has done on their heart. That is what we're talking about. That is what it means to let your light shine. So the first two promises that we looked at was, one, the church will shine. Two, the church will grow. The third promise that we see in this passage is that the church will be a place of refuge. And for these last promises, I know we only got to read through verse um, 1 through 3. There's further verses that you could go back and just take your time throughout this whole passage and see these promises. And the church will be a place of refuge. You really see in verses 9 through 13. In verse 10, within that, it says, Foreigners will come to rebuild your towns. Their kings will serve you. One of our goals as a youth ministry is to be a safe place for students. We want to make sure we're welcoming students of any background, no matter what they're wearing, no matter what they believe or where they come from. And for us as a church, that should be our goal as well, to welcome someone in, no matter what their background, what they're wearing, where they come from, or what they believe. The church should be a place of refuge, yet somehow, in our culture today, it almost seems like the church has gotten a bad reputation at times. 
where people have a foul taste in their mouth, or they think of the church as the place for people who have it all together, almost like it's some kind of exclusive club just for the goody-two-shoes of the world. And that's not what the church is meant to be. Jesus said that the church should be a place for the broken. He said it's not the, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. So churches should be full of people who are sick, broken, sinners, messed up. And let me tell you, that's all of us. We are all broken, sinners, messed up, sick, in need of the grace of Jesus Christ. And so if the church has been a place of refuge for all of us, we need to make sure it's a place of refuge for everyone who's outside these walls currently, and that they're coming in and seeing it as a safe place. The next promise that we see is that the church will be a place of peace. In verses 17 and 18, it speaks to this. Verse 17 says, I will make peace your leader and righteousness your ruler. Now, let me just say, in my experience as a human being, peace does not always come naturally for us, does it? Maybe you even experienced this this morning. I remember Sunday mornings, for some reason, always just seemed to be the time where the family's fighting, the car ride has, is full of tension. We, we don't tend to be people of peace, do we? We tend to be people of conflict. And so while that is often true, I believe that this promise is going to be fully experienced in the future, future church, when Christ comes and redeems us and we are made completely whole. But if it is supposed to be true of the future, future church, we should still be praying for it to be true of the church today. And so conflict, while it may come natural between family members, maybe even between church family members, conflict should be something that we are seeking to deal with in a healthy, biblical way. And we should be praying that Jesus, your peace, would come and fill this place. We should be seeking to restore relationships whenever possible and praying his peace to cover over us as a church because he promises that the church will be a place of peace. The last promise we see in this passage is that the church will be eternal. Verses 19 through 22 speak to this. No longer will you need the sun to shine by day or the moon to give its light by night, for the Lord your God will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. While that is clearly speaking of eternity, when we are celebrating and living as the church in heaven, that is also thankfully true for today. And isn't it kind of incredible to think about the fact that right now we are in church, and that this church is eternal. Yes, we'll pass from this life, but this church will continue to live on. It's part of that big C church of all believers of all time who love and worship Jesus Christ. I think it's amazing if you even just look at church history. Church history, you know, the church has endured over 2,000 years despite persecution, despite wars, conflict, even poor leadership. God has his hand of blessing on the church. And though the church might not always be perfect, because again, it's made up of humans, God is still using the church as his vessel. And so we can know without a shadow of a doubt that his church will be eternal. And I love thinking about the fact that not only is the church eternal, but Jesus' sacrifice for us claims that we as church members have been made righteous. Righteous today because of his sacrifice, but also in the future we're going to experience that complete righteousness when we are with him in eternity. I love that picture of how the church is the bride of Christ. 
In Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about how Christ loved the church. He gave himself up for her so that she may be pure and without blemish. In Revelation 19, it speaks of how Christ and the last days will bring the church in as his bride and will celebrate the wedding feast of the Lamb. I think that's such a beautiful picture, and it reminds me of a year ago, because just later this month, I'll be coming up on my first wedding anniversary. So this time last year, I remember standing on my wedding day in my white dress, looking in the mirror, and thinking about how incredible it is that weddings and marriages on earth are a picture of our marriage to Christ. And that, yes, we wear a dress that's white to represent purity and cleanliness, but that's what Christ did for us by dying on the cross. He took away our sin, he took away our blemishes so that his full righteousness could rest on that. And because we are a part of the church, we have that purity over us. And because we are part of the church, we are part of something eternal. So what does this mean for us? I mean, if the promise that we do, uh, that we get from God is to, to see all this, how do we actively pursue that? How do we as a church begin to see those and become expectant for what God has? And for me, it falls in the, what we've been reading the whole time, in that Isaiah chapter 60. So I know I've been reading it a lot because I want it to sink in, but it says this. It says, arise colonial woods let your light shine for all to see for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you all nations will come to your light mighty kings will come to see your radiance that's, that's the call for our church. If we want to see the promises that God has said, hey, I'll give you these, we have to be expecting, but we have to get up. We have to do something. We have to let that light shine for everybody to see. These are the promises to, to not only what the church was, but to the present church today and to the future church of tomorrow. And we be, have to begin to, to start doing these things, seeing that happen expectant of what's going on when we see that. Simply put, when we look at this, we have to rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Right? It's that, it's that old rise and shine and give God the glory. We have to start living that. We can't just sing that and have that as a song of our past. That has to be the song we're singing today that, Lord, we want to stand up. We want to rise up. We want to shine our light, our navigational aid of Jesus because we're expectant of the glory of God. Can I get an amen in here? This is awesome to be able to have that. We want to be a church that rises, that stands up. We have had a blessing to see that in our student ministries and I want to see that in our church. Where do you need to rise and shine? Where do we need to see that, that bridge from what it was to what it could be in our church today? And so Pastor Dan mentioned that we got to witness this in our student ministry. And we would love to just take a moment and highlight a couple of those seniors we saw living this out. 
Now, believe me, I wish I could tell you a story about every single senior that we have sitting over here, but for the sake of time, we won't do that. We're just going to have to highlight a couple of them. But I want to start telling you a little bit about Annika Borovich and Katie Reno, two girls that we saw living this out by going out into the community and by being a light in various places. They were so involved with different nonprofit groups from Youth for Christ, A Beautiful Me, Power 883 radio station, and they really inspired us and others to be shining their light outside these walls. One of the things that we do on Wednesday nights is we give students an opportunity to share that light with others. So we do what we call testimony time. And we started this several years ago, and we've needed a leader to be in charge of that, to kind of find the students and say, hey, what is God sharing on your heart? And uh, two years ago, Hannah Henry, who is now graduating, who is a, who's a little quieter, the stand up front she can do, but it's not something she strives for. She says, I believe that God is calling me to be a voice to help out those who may be a little shy and, and don't want to speak out. And so she stepped up for that. She went on to this year to be one of also our winter retreat speakers to speak to our middle school students to share what God's done on, on her heart as well, which has been an incredible thing to watch. Within those testimonies that Pastor Dan mentioned, every week we offer and open up the mic for a student to be able to share what God is doing in their life. And for me, it was so encouraging to watch Christiane Palmatier, a student who the limelight isn't exactly her favorite, and she's not necessarily one who's going to talk your ear off, at least not in a big setting. And so we watched her share her testimony. I was so proud of her. She wrote the whole thing out. She spoke boldly, and I know that that was a huge inspiration to so many. Grace Wormlinger was another one of our students who had a message on her heart and God told her, hey, I want you to share this for our, our middle school students. So she came along our winter retreat and was able to share to a 25-minute message to our 5th through 8th graders on how God has impacted her life and how they can see the same thing happen. Wesley Whetstone might be a familiar name to you, but he was actively involved as the leader of our youth worship band. And so for the past few years, every Wednesday, he would faithfully choose the songs, get them in the right key, get them printed off, share them with the band. And he also took an active role in discipling the students who were a part of that worship band. He was another one of our, worship, or our winter retreat speakers as well. And he was just yet another example of students going out and shining. Now, being a light, we often think are out in public and everybody has to see that. But there's a lot of people who shine their light behind the scenes. This next uh, senior is probably going to hate that I'm going to put a picture up here and talk about him, but his name is Elias Pergurko. And uh, he's a guy who shows up early every Wednesday night. And as he comes in, he sets up all the slides. He makes sure things are ready to go that most people don't even know because he's behind the computer screen making sure things happen. But God has called him to do that. We even talked him into this year to being one of those students to actually share his light in public and he gave one of our messages on Wednesday night and it was a really cool opportunity to see God work in that way. The, for, our, for our students as we got to witness this and we got to see these students rise up, a lot of these things happen with inside the church because this is where they're at or they're in their school system. But I don't think it has to stop here. What we talked about today is the promises that God's going to give us when we allow ourselves to rise and shine and step out of that. We got to see that for our students, and I don't think God wants to stop there because I think he wants to move that into our church. And our students have caught that vision, and we want that vision to happen today. What I love about those words in that passage, rise and shine, is their action words. They're things that actually have to take movement. And as we hear this today, we're like, yes, this is awesome, this is great. But if all happens is it stays here, it won't mean anything. 
God is calling us to rise, to stand up, and to be a church that shines its light to point people towards Jesus. That's our hope. That's our goal. I can tell you from our students' perspective, that's what they would share with you if they had an opportunity to stand up here today. So arise, Colonial Woods. Let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we, we thank you for the promises in this chapter and for what they mean to us as the church today and for the future that we have to look forward to. And so, Lord, I know, I know the commissioning statement to rise and shine can maybe be even a little bit vague and hard to grasp, but Lord, that's the beauty of it, is that you call each of us to rise and to shine in different ways, in different settings. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you would just be tugging on the heart of every single individual in this room, and that you would show us what it looks like for me as an individual to rise and to shine, Lord, I just pray that that would be a heavy burden on our hearts and that we would then step out in obedience to find those ways to rise and shine and to point to you and your glory. I pray that this would be a commissioning mantle that we would take up as a church, that our graduates this morning would take up as they go off to college or go into the workforce. I pray that we would rise and shine no matter where we find ourselves and to you, God be all the glory. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. Colonial Woods Missionary Church presents Keys to Confident Living.